And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Welcome to another edition of the We Are Meat podcast. Uh, it's Mickey Brennan here, and I am joined by the two amigos. We don't have the three amigos again this week, Brian. Uh, Kelly is afraid to come in, David. I think uh, you've been bringing in these. What are they called? The forecast competition sheets, and they're three euro each. And since you started bringing these in, we haven't seen sighting or saying the Brian <laughs> Kelly. Yeah, I don't know. Is it if is it the three euro that's throwing them off, or is this? Terrible predictions. I'm not sure which it is, but uh, we'll have to figure out and get him, get him well, back soon, hopefully. Well, on the WhatsApp group, Kieran, you reckon he's off uh, on, a, on a date, is that right? Well, I don't want to be kind of divulging too much about his personal life, but I, I can confirm that he is on a date, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember last week we said there's nothing private in here. No. <laughs> and it's after, being, it's after going out there for the Mass, as everybody knows. If you do meet Brian Kelly tonight, tell him uh, we were asking for him and that we'd like to see him back in the podcast as soon as possible. But anyway, we're going to move on. On this week's show, we're going to be discussing the All-County Football League, the results from the weekend gone by, Mead Ladies and Mead uh, Men's Senior Teams as well from the weekend to a clean sweep for Mead Teams on the weekend. The Hurlers weren't out. They've got a week's break, but they're back out in action next week. So lads, I suppose we'll start, as we have been for the last few weeks, we'll start with the All-County Football League. I'll go through the results from Division 1, 2, 3 and 4. And we can just pick out results that may have stood out for you. So in Division 1, Dunboyne, 3 goals and 10. Minalvi, 2 goals and 10. Summerhill, 2 goals and 10. Screen, 2 goals and 9. Rathout, 3-13. Nafina, 2-14. Um, Navin O'Matneys, 2-13. Sidden, 3-3. Wolf Tones, 2-8. Gail Column Kill, 7 points. And in the final game in Division 1, it was Simonstown, 4 goals and 8. Dunamore, Ashburn, 16 points. And I suppose we go to you first, Kieran, this week. Um, what results in Division 1 stuck out for you? Uh, the Navarro Matinee's sitting game, uh, that was on in Paddy O'Brien Park on Sunday morning. and It was a bit kind of haphazard setup. The two teams actually warmed up behind Par Tolson and they used the facilities to accommodate the ladies and the senior county team. So I'd say that was kind of a novelty for them to, to use Par Tolson for their warm-up. But it didn't obviously disrupt the Matinees too much. They went out and kicked uh, 2.13 and reading their match report and talking to a few lads involved, it was a fairly fairly good display by the forwards, especially. Uh, maybe maybe conceding three three to the likes of Sidden maybe shows maybe a, a hole in the defence maybe, but I'd say at this time of the year there's a lot of lads still come back into that side from reading the match report. So yeah, absolutely. The O'Matneys are still waiting on a few players to come back into that side, but you can't take it away from them. They're top of the table with maximum points, six points from three games. And uh, they're looking good. Fair score difference as well. Like. Yeah, really good score difference. Plus 36. 
um, in a score difference and in second place Dunboyne are only on plus 13 so there's a 23 point gap there uh, between the two teams and a two point gap uh, in score in uh, points for uh, wins I suppose we'll go to David Rispin now David um, what results stood out for you in Division 1 I think uh, Wolf Tones beating Kells I know we're always singing Kells praises at most time of the year they don't lose too many games especially not in the league when as we say, they're usually at full strength and, and they pretty much were at the weekend against the Wolf Tones team, probably in transition a wee bit and missing Thomas Thomas O'Reilly, even their star man. Um, that was a great result for them. Um, they didn't start that well, but I think they're after winning their last two and beating Kells is a real scalp for them, so they'll be delighted. Yeah, huge win for Wolf Tones. It's, it's, it's probably one of the most unspoken about... Um, uh, Derbies in the in the county, but it always throws up you know odd results. Um, Wolf Tones and 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 Kells, they're always up for it. They spend a lot of time together over around Gibson and Kells that direction, <laughs> and uh, it's a really hard game to call usually. Um, and again, it's thrown up against uh, I suppose form. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you would have been expecting Gail Collum win, kill to win that game but Wolf Tones as you said missing Thomas O'Reilly uh, or Thomas O'Reilly <laughs> and uh, coming out and getting that win huge win for Wolf Tones for me I think the result that stands out for me this week is probably Screen and Summerhill uh, Screen going down to Summerhill by a pint um, last year's Division 1 uh, champions are sitting third from bottom with only one point from three games. So, um, screen last year who blew away most of the competitors in Division One, uh, just not able to get up to the same heights as last year. But I'm sure they'll come good. Is there any reason to do you know if they're missing any players at the moment? They had a few players back last year, mm. um, but well, well, Dara Campion is is the obvious, obvious one. Yeah. Um, look at apart from that, screen are probably in the same mold to we'll say Gil Conkill that have generally a full strand team throughout the year uh, they'll be a little bit disappointed with the start it's hard to know again where teams are at we, we talked about this last week some teams are back two months some teams are back two weeks it's it's very hard to gauge it'll take another bit another month or two I'd imagine before we can start reading into results but they'll, they'll want to pick up a couple of wins and, and quick absolutely before we move on to division two just a quick shout out for the the Sky Blue boys from Simon's Town winning on a scoreline of 4-8 to Dunhamore Ashburn 16 points. I suppose it's 16 scores to 12 scores, but goals win games and Simon's Town managed to hit the net four times. So uh, great to see Simon's Town with two wins from three and up there on four points. What do you recommend? No, yeah. okay, we'll move on. Division, <laughs> Division two, right, Kenny nine points, Mead Hill seven points. St. Pat's 1-5, Nobber 1-5, an exhilarating game there, I'm sure. Um, Dundery 2-5, Balnebracki 1-8, the second draw there as well. Becht of 2-12, Kraha 15 points. Um, Central Sim 1-7, Trim 6 points. St. Michael's 1-12, Bellews 10-1-9, Carneros 1-10, St. Colum Kills 10 points. And David Rispin, what's the standout result for you there? I think there's only one, and that's yeah. uh, that's the Karen Ross lads uh, turning over St. Colin Kills. Yeah. Real David versus Goliath, senior versus junior. Uh, great win. It just shows, like, bringing St. Colin Kills out to Karen Ross, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be too familiar with those surroundings. And Look, could Karen Ross are a very good side. I think um, they're they're probably going to start as pre-championship favourites in the junior championship, and they, they came up against the Colin Gill side, who, despite missing several key men, have actually had a very good start to life yeah. in Division 2. 
Um, Karen Ross will be scrapping for their lives and, and they will become you know, the latter end of the league. But that's a brilliant win for them. They're going to be tough to beat on their own patch. The likes of Frank O'Reilly is a real star, but you still have the likes of Dermot McGee there operating at full forward these days. I think he chipped in with three points. Um, they'll, they'll cause upsets. They're, they're going to take beatings as well now. And that's, yeah. that's a given in Division 2. But if they can win their home games and pick up the odd point or two away from home, they have a great chance of staying up. Well, they're sitting in fourth place at the minute, which is great for them. Um, Kieran, uh, what result stands out for you apart from the Karen Ross one? Yeah, the St. Pat's and Nobber game, low scoring. But what I, I was talking to someone who was at the game and said it was actually a fairly... Well, ding-dong would probably be too good a phrase, but kind of it was a fairly dogged affair and it was entertaining to watch. It was kind of up and down and very hotly contested, so... It's interesting, like St. Pat's senior team, number have kind of had a good enough league campaign so far. So Defences were on top in that one, by the looks of things. Ah, sure, I think it was midfield, I think. It was one of midfield. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, actually, Pat's, Pat's have new, um, new management in place. They're probably going to be up against it as regards you know, the relegation, the way that the championship structures are going to be done this year. But they have mm. Davy Cahill, a real um, veteran manager in charge, and I think Martin Barry is in with him too, a real wily old fox as well. So... Them two will probably get the best out of Pat. Still, they have a big area, you know. You know the facilities yeah, yeah. over there, and they have a lot going for them. But they seem to be struggling to sort of retain players at this stage. Like so it's a big they, year for them. They gave a walkover in the first round of the minor league yeah. football, and they've actually struggled in the last few years to field at that under seventeen eighteen level. But no problems with the under fourteen kind of younger. But the maybe the different things there's just a gap there that they need to fill a void mm. for, for a few years by the looks of and things and they're not overly strong we'll say you know like just say Simonson and O'Matney's had maybe a few gap years recently but they still had a lot of lads who were 24, 25 that were dominating the team these young lads might not get on the panel anyway but St. Patrick's probably don't have the calibre of lad in the late 20s that are really really good that will probably keep them senior I'd, say I'd worry for them dropped intermediate it's mm. coming the result that stands out for me there will probably Rakenny Mead Hill local derby up there, um and uh, Mead Hill who, as we said last week, going strong but just coming up a, a cropper to Rakenny who would be missing their talisman in uh, Donald Keoghan, um but it just shows Rakenny three wins from three in that division and looking to jump straight back up into uh, their, their into scoring difference is only nine so they really are winning them games tight aren't they like, yeah, yeah, there's, no, yeah. there's no hammerings there they're just one point will do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a win is a win is a yeah. win as they say we're going to move on now to Division 3 um, St Vincent's 113 Kilmainham 1-5 Waterstown 317 uh, Longwood senior uh, uh, the senior champion champion uh, championship side 2-6 yeah. Another beating for, for Longwood there. Ballinlock 111, Minalty 26, Drumbarra 14, Dunsany 111, Castledown 15 points, Beliver 6, and St Dalton's 210, Blackhall Gales 113. I suppose, Kieran, which game would stand out for you in that division? We'll have to go to you, see as Dunsany were mentioned. No, the Dunsany result, uh, we were saying that Dunbar were flying and we are hoping that they wouldn't win at the weekend. They didn't win. They drew, yeah. so it's half the battle. <laughs> but the game that really stood out for me was the St. Vincent's Art Cat. Again, like it, what we talked about, their kind of preparation for the last two seasons, they really are racking up the scores. And I know we've mentioned before, Clemena were missing Mickey Newman, but that's still impressive. One thirteen at this time of the year mm-hmm. is, is good scoring. Like, and they're top of the Division 3. So St. Vincent, I know we, we just mentioned Karen Ross's potential pre-junior favourites. I think the fact that they're in the final last year, St Vincent's, they're going to be there, thereabouts. So. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. David? Uh, it's probably not a surprise, but Castletown, 
have had a great start to the year, I absolutely, think. Um, absolutely, They really struggled last year. They, they stood up uh, by the skin of their teeth, beating St. Ultons in that relegation playoff. And Rusty Tiernan has gone in and he's he's really getting a tune out of them. They did Last year when you watched them, they didn't look fit and they didn't play with any sort of cohesion and that. Rusty's really, you know, organised and fine-tuned in his preparation. He's done a great job with Kilmainham and he was with Nobber as well last year. The likes of Kevin Ross is obviously a real talisman for them, but they have other players like Darren Finney as well, Tommy Smith, um, a real good backbone to the team. And I I wouldn't be surprised to see Castletown go on a bit of a run this year in the intermediate. I think uh, I think they'll be there thereabouts. That'll be interesting to see because they have struggled in the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. if they could get it together this year, it'll be great for the boys from Castletown. The one that stands out for me probably um, would be St. Dalton's and Blackhall Gales, 210 to uh, 113. And I suppose... St. Dalton's just really, you know, uh, getting results at the moment. They've got a win and a draw um, in that division. And that looks was playing Minaldi, I think, was it? Because of the, the restriction, I think St. Dalton's have no referee at the moment, active referee, so they've lost home field advantage. So I think that was played in Minaldi. Do Corto not have a referee? We do. Could they not use him as the ref? As they were, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll have to ask the county board. Man, Does it not go by parishes? No, <laughs> no by affiliated clubs. Affiliated at clubs. the moment, they are separate entities. So. Can you imagine who else in Dalton? But, in but court court obviously there. didn't offer the use of the pitch. That's an interesting. Uh, no, no, we uh, our lights, our lights are actually getting a service at the minute. We would have offered the pitch if we <laughs> if they were available. Well, that game had to be played Thursday night, by the way, because Dalton had a fundraiser. Saturday night Saturday in trim, night, so that's yeah. why the game wasn't played Sunday morning. That's if it was, they could have. They were more than welcome to to uh, to court him because we're nice neighbours. I was just going to say that was very nice. Very <laughs> that was only nice rehearsed answers. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I think that was. I think that was the line was that, that the party <laughs> so it was. Was it? David, this is what you need to say. <laughs> but anyway, we'll move on to Division Four, where we'll get to see the other team in the parish. St Bridget's one goal and seven. Clonard seven points. Kilbride two fourteen. Boards Mill six points, Slane two thirteen, Corton five points, Myla ten points, Drumcondred six, and Kilmainham one thirteen, St Mary's four points. And I suppose we'll have to go to you, David Rispin. Um, the match that stands out the most for you, or hurts the most for you, as I said last week. Uh, yeah, well, the one that hurts the most is obviously our own one. Um, yeah, like without being smart, whatever. Like Slain, <laughs> Slain. We, we we spoke about them last uh, and their run last year. Like they are an up and coming team. There's great work being done out there. But did you foresee Slain being so strong against us? Uh, look, we were missing. We were missing five or six regulars. We had a stag uh, Saturday, and um, we couldn't get the gate. Slain didn't agree to it. They were quite entitled not to. So the game was played Sunday and we went up with the bones of a team. But even in saying that, the performance wasn't good enough from the guys that went out, which was disappointing. We could see the two goals in the opening couple of minutes and the game was over as a contest straight away. But look, at as you said, Slane are a good side. In my book, they're a junior A side. Um, they're going to come up anyway next year, along with the other first teams in junior B. And I think the likes of Slane, Kilbride, who are going really well in Division 4 also, uh, Drumcondra, St Mary's, they're going to be well equipped to play junior A football. Most of them, I think, Slane particularly, they're such a young team. And at this time of year, we, we don't probably have the training that maybe Slane have behind them, but they're such a young team. They, they have the legs in a lot of teams. We talked about their backbone. Podge McGowan is back playing. He did this cruciate last year. Right. He's he's captain for them, but he's such a good player. Um, Owen Gibbs as well at full back. Ina Mooney, former Mead Miner as well, coming back from a long layoff. Oh, I the think cornerbacks, like the cornerbacks uh, were 
the word? What's the what's the word? Tight. Dominant. Yeah. Dominant. No, no. Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> let's go back to the scoreboard here. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, how did you play, David? I played okay. Yeah, you played okay. Five points for Gordon. Yeah. How many of them came from your boot? Three. Three of them. Freeze. No. Ah, that's the man. That's the man. So, <laughs> so the other cornerback was the tight marker. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> that's a roundup of. Uh, no, I suppose we have to go to Kieran. Actually, sorry, Kieran. Which which result stands out for you the most in in Division Four? Uh, the Mile Dumcondra game. Mile won ten points to six. I was talking to Larry McEntee at the media, and he's the the banished door for Dumcondra now. And he said it was fairly tight affair, but they had a red card. One of their lads got a bad tackle and he swung back and he struck his man and he got sent off dutifully. So, but then they were chasing their tail. That was the first twenty minutes that happened. So they were struggling. But again, I mentioned Mile a few times. Mile have a good team. Yeah, the two Rileys we mentioned them before, and uh, I'm not sure is Turbo still playing. But he is. Yeah, Turbo is, forward, yeah. is been one. I think one of the best club footballers. Definitely not great anyway. Best club midfielders going like he's he's up and down the field like he lives mm. up to his nickname. Yeah. So Mile Mile definitely. Another favourite can throw in that junior mix. They're mm. definitely going to be hard yeah, to beat. Yeah, will be. Yeah, three, uh, the, or two of the teams that we mentioned, uh, Moila and Kilbride uh, sitting at the top of the world. Moila on six points, Kilbride on four points. A team that we haven't mentioned and a team that won a senior championship in Mead, I think it was in the 90s, is Kilmain and Wood. 97, 98 around that time? Um, 96. 90. Was 90, around, 95 yeah. or 96 yeah. Dunry won it been Dunry and Kilmain and Wood back yeah. to back it was back 95 back, 95, 96 or yeah. something yeah. but you know Kilmain and Wood now Division 4 but up near the top there um, joint second on 4 points um, 113 to 4 points against St Mary's that's a that's a good win for Kilmain and Wood so um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they go in the rest of that league a lot of time for uh, Cortown and the other teams to Claw their way back into that, but there's a, a lot of football to be played yet, as David Grimace has happened. We're going to move on now. We're going to uh, just speak about uh, the county teams now, and we're going to go to the first game in Park Tolson that was played on Sunday afternoon. I think it was at 12 o'clock, am I right? Or 12, 30, 12 o'clock on Sunday, and it was the Mead Ladies taking on Offaly uh, in the Little uh, National Football League Division 3, and it was a comprehensive win here for the Mead Ladies. Five goals and 17 points. Offaly, one goal and six. And I suppose Mead getting to an intermediate final last year shows the calibre of players that they have. They really shouldn't be in Division 3 here. No, it's probably something that our hurlers have had for last years where they were in too low a league division for their actual calibre of team. And even something hopefully our senior footballers are saying that they should be getting into <laughs> one. That's hopefully... Well, the, the interesting thing about the ladies' football is that if you finish top of the league, that doesn't mean that you get promoted. No, there's quarterfinals, isn't there? There's semi-finals and a final. And it's yeah. whoever wins mm. the final. So you could win all your games in the league... Yeah and be in top position and then you play it's first v mm. fourth in the semi-final second yeah. v third in the semi-finals and then whoever wins the final yeah. gets promoted so it's a it's a tough way mm. of, of uh, uh, I think it's a the best team goes up though the, well, well, the, well not the best team not, not necessarily not on a league basis but, no the, they've won out the competition though, they've so. won out the competition but like they could have finished fourth having lost four games yeah. Yeah. do you know it's it, it, it's an unfair way of doing it if you ask me but look, the girls got the win anyway. The calibre of the team, though, like just from from watching them, like the some of the forwards, especially, like just they dominated the game from start to finish. Like their ball carrying, transitioning from the backs to the forwards was exceptionally good, and it was like you could pick out at least ten of the starting team that dominated their position. But I think the moment of the match for me was um, 
Vicky Wall scored one of the best goals I'd say that's been scored in Partals in the fairness her. about 20 metres out into the corner of Bruce Hill she just absolutely belted the ball in the top corner like it's as good as any ball that was kicked in the stadium in its, in its lifetime and it really was just an exceptional goal and she scored a point or two as well and the the poor size for O'Neill football is still crying. <laughs> Absolutely belted the ball. Yeah, she's well. she is uh, she's a serious builder. Like she's she's a, a, a fantastic talent there, and she's she's big and she's strong, and she, she just muscles her way through um, a, a lot of the tackles. But her ball skills are absolutely fabulous, and. Eamon Murray would have been absolutely delighted with their um with their performance. Who were the standout performers for you, Kieran? Well, uh, Sean Ennis centre back was very good. Emma White in the forwards, Vicky Wall, Emma Duggan, who's only seventeen, she's only a transition year. She was absolutely incredible. Like Myra Shocksy transitioned the ball up the field, like Stacey Grimes, another one who's always been ever ever yeah. present for the team. <laughs> but even like Neve Gallogly, like um She's daughter Frank Logley, the referee's administrator for me. Like she dominated the backs, but I think when you said Vicky was the one scoring the goals up in the forwards, the goalkeeper Monica McGurk really just just denied awfully any chances at all. Like she made two great saves, and that coincides with some kind of just normal saves. If that makes sense, she made two mm. world class saves, and it really stifled any creativity for awfully because they had a, a good player number thirteen, Maria Daly, who's been ever present for them over the years, and. She had two, as I said, really good chances to score and she just got blocked one-on-one -on -one saves and were good saves. So she said it was me that definitely should win Division 3 now. I think if you're going to put your money down, I think... Yeah, it, 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 with strength and depth of the team, you would be hoping that they could go on and win that Division 3 and maybe push on um, in, in the championship this year. Just interestingly, looking down at the, the names on the team, um, and this is no slight on any of the players that are there, Simonson won... Every competition they entered last year, they won the Mesita Cup, they won the league, and they won the championship. And yeah. I only see one Simonson player, Neve Sheridan. Yeah, I think, um, I think Kelsey Nesbitt started as well. Didn't she, she she started, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kelsey did start, did she? Yeah. She no, did. right. It's just it's just but interesting, it, it, like you know what I mean. Like it, that. it is something actually that probably has gone on for a few years. I mean, previously when Centralstown will say St Dalton's ladies and Oldcastle were winning championships. It, there wasn't a massive representation from those clubs who were after winning team. on the county team. Now, Simonson are probably, they, they won the championship so comprehensively last year. Mm. It's probably unusual not to see a few more of them in there. Um, but in saying that, girls have their own reasons possibly not to commit and, and there's different factors that we don't know about and why they're not playing and stuff. But it is it is a striking thing and it has been going on in Meads, ladies, for the last number of years I'd say yeah no it just it, it just is when you when you see teams being so dominant you just expect to see some more names from mm. the dominant club now that's not me coming as a no no it, it is if a that fact, was yeah. if that was St Dalton's who won yeah. everything last year I'd be questioning that as well but it, it, look the, there's, I'm not taking away from any of the players on that ladies team absolutely brilliant from from 1 to 30 and, you know, and from 1 to 30 nearly some of the tans on show were very impressive I'll, I'll be in touch to see where they're booking their holidays <laughs> because uh, some of the tans on show were on point I'd have to say <laughs> <laughs> 
We didn't even bring it up. That was last year's joke. We didn't even bring it up. We didn't even mention your tan. No, it's not to do with my tan. Yeah, yeah. It's the girls' talk about your tan, and you just had to drop that in. That's scandalous. It was an indirect way of speaking about. But wait till I come to Stephen Campbell's now for for our man the corner power. Now his was an absolute seamless link. I like that. Moving on. Anyway, well done to the ladies. That was their first outing in the little division three as their first game was postponed due to the snow last week. So they got their. Uh, National Football League Division 3 um, uh, start off or campaign off to a great start so well done to the Mead ladies um, we're going to move on now to the Alliance Men's League Division 2 uh, where Mead took on Armagh in Park Tolchin on Sunday uh, after that ladies game and uh, lads I suppose you know this time last year um, when you look at it Mead went into this weekend the third weekend of the National Football League with a chance to go top of the table and didn't take it. Mm. Ended up, because of the way the results went, they ended up maybe fifth. Had they won it, they were going to be top of the table. But it just meant a whole different complexion on the next two or three games. They've won, they've won this one against Armagh, 2-13 to 13 points on Sunday afternoon. They're top of the table. So it's a, the difference in fortunes from this time last year to today is, is it's just immeasurable. You know what I mean, David? Yeah, the, the margins are so slim at this stage. And as you said, this time last year, we, we were going into the break when we could have been top. We ended up nearly in the relegation zone. Yeah, But it could have so easily been the same on yeah. Sunday had we lost. Armagh probably would have been nearly top and we would have been down with Cork. Yeah. You know, that's that's we, the nature of the division. We would have been on three points with Clare, Tipperary... Uh, or sorry, it would have been on two, two points yeah. with Armagh. Yeah, so we would. Have and Armagh would have went. And Armagh would have been four, so we exactly. would have been bottom with Cork. And and there was a stage there with ten or fifteen minutes to go, which let's be honest about it, it was it was looking like yeah. Armagh were going to turn us over. Never a doubt, lad. <laughs> but it was heart attack stuff. The thing about it for me, um, and it's only positive. That's it's only positive. The the reason why I'm bringing that up about we'll say this time last year was is that. Going into game four last year and going into game four this year, mm. both are bringing pressures, right? But one is the pressure of trying to claw yourself back up into the top half of the division. And the other one is to stay where you are, um, which is much easier than... You can go out, you've can. you got a, nearly a net underneath you now. Yeah. Whereas last year, at this stage, we were trying to climb above the net again. Mm. Whereas the net is actually there for us at the moment. I just think that it's a massive mental boost for this football team, for this Mead team. And, you know, their next two games are vital. You know, they're going to Cork in two weeks' time. But I suppose we'll go back and speak about this game against Armagh. Um, you know, to be to go, going into the last 15 minutes where Armagh have tagged you back from a nine-point lead to a one-point lead and then to kick on, similar to the Tipperary game. Shows great character in this team. Yeah, I, I referred to it in a tweet yesterday after the game, and I've absolutely no doubt that in in years gone by, that was a game Mead would have lost. There's no question about it. And the character within this team shows that they've they've turned the corner. They were in a position yesterday where they were cruising nine points up, but you you still had a a strong breeze behind you in that first half. You look at the games yesterday, yesterday Tipperary. Four points down, one by five, I think. Uh, Tyrone, Tyrone were eight or nine points down, came yeah, back and came drew. Back and so it wasn't as if it was a collapse by Mead, 
But there was certain elements of the game which they lost the run themselves first 20 minutes of the second half. But it was the the resolve they showed after that in the face of adversity, which was the most impressive thing. And it's something we haven't seen from this Mead team probably in the in the last five or six Kieran, years. Kieran, would you agree with that? And, and, and if you agree with that, what would you say is the reason for that? Well, I think... Because uh, I have my ideas on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think as a unit, they're obviously further down the road than they were. They've been kind of battled together. They've had a lot of tough defeats. And I think there obviously has to be a bit more steely will determination, thankfully. But I think just, obviously, I think the coaching has improved generally. Like, I've mentioned loads of times about, just say, Colin Nally coming in on the technical end. But I know for a fact that Andy has put so much more work into the actual man management and just talking to players and just preparing them better to go to battle. And I think the atmosphere in the camp is so much better. And I think just even things like tactically, I think we're making substitutes at the right time. I think we're just getting decisions right. And I think, like, players are annoyed coming off because... They want to play, but the lads coming on are fighting for their spot, and they're not, you know, they're not making subs for the sake. And I think everyone's fighting for their place, and they're enjoying their football, their smiles and faces, and I think that is just good. It's mean football, like, and that's brilliant. I think to see. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with all, and, and you're a hundred percent right on all that. And and they, they, there does seem to be a much better vibe around the camp. The the the, the tactics seem to be much better. And mm. um, two things. I think having a settled team is absolutely mm. crucial. Mm. So it is. There's very few changes being made. The substitutions are varied. Mm. Different fellas coming in. And that shows you that they're thinking their substitutions through. Fellas who haven't had game time are getting game time because they're looking and going, well, we need him to do that because he suits what's needed there. Bringing on own Lynch, pushing Donald Kyogen to the wing. Because, mm, yeah. you know, like, and, and, and Donald Kyogen fantastic at centre back yeah. do you know what I mean but like going well we need so we need to move Donald to there so we can put Owen Lynch in there him, yeah. and then Donald Kogan can push forward that was something that it's, was noted about Owen when he came on he was came on did his job but then when we went the two goals ahead and we were dominating there was a call from the sideline basically and it was basically but don't get away the trade, trade well, this was, I think <laughs> you do realise everybody in Cork listens to this podcast yeah well even if they do this is quite obvious this is get your man back and if you see an Armand man coming near the net, you decapitate him. Like, I think that was the, <laughs> that was the unwritten thing. It was get back. I think that's but, a yeah. that, that's an interesting call. <laughs> yeah, all from one one word. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, so just get word. back. Now, my <laughs> other point on it, yeah. I I really do believe this. The younger lads are reinvigorating this team. Yeah. The younger lads are bringing uh, confidence to this team that is un. It's palpable, you know. It's it's unbelievable, you know. Like uh, Daryl Campion and Ethan Devine again, you know, showing their quality, going in and saying, "I'm well able to play mm, at yeah. this level and whatever." And they're running their socks off. Roland Ryan new to the to the senior setup as well. Niall Kane, James McIndy is playing out of his yeah. skin. Seamus Lam, uh, McCoy, Gavin McCoy, come on, mm. you know, and these, these are all uh, these are all lads that haven't played county football or uh, much county football before, and are getting their chance under this uh, regime, and they're just taking it with um, t- both hands. For me, now I know Niall Kane mightn't have had his best game yesterday, but Niall Kane for me is a winner. He's a professional athlete. Yeah. He's your ultimate athlete, and um, the way he looks after himself and whatever. But he's a winner. Mm. And he goes out and, you know, he's got this mentality of, you know, I I can do this. 
and so do, so, do, so do the likes of Dara Campion and it's hard to trust a vegetarian though I always have my doubts about that well, he's, he's, he's vegan he's actually vegan oh crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's not good yeah. like, that's every day he's murdering vegetables so yeah. as we, we murder snack bars <laughs> <laughs> but even Tomas O'Reilly or Thomas yeah. O'Reilly you know so I, I, I don't know that's my take on it uh, I, another, another thing yeah I agree 100% with everything you both said uh, something I just add to it and Andy um, mentioned in his post-match analysis was the fact that the players took responsibility themselves when the going got tough. He didn't have any influence on what went on and the players actually took the initiative themselves and what I bring that down to is leadership. You look at the team, Conor McGill, Donald Keoghan, Brian Menton and Mickey Newman, right? Four four lads in four different kind of areas of the pitch. Four lines, yeah. Four leaders. Yeah. Them, them kind of lads are absolutely invaluable in the team. Donald Keoghan single-handedly has... Has sort of inspired us when down through the years when when we've yeah. when we've completely folded. He keeps going. Conor McGill at full back. He has two relatively young newcomers beside him who look like naturals. Yeah. That's no coincidence. Absolutely. If you didn't have a player like Conor McGill there, Donald Keoghan the same. You look at the two lads either side of him. They're two novices. Two novices. They really positions, are. Yeah. And even Shane McAdee going into midfield with Brian, Brian Menton, Menton yeah. beside him. Well, just as you mentioned, yeah. just as you mentioned, um, uh, Andy McEntee, uh, we're just going to play the interview with Andy McEntee and Michael Newman, that local sports journalists Fergal Lynch and Brendan Cummins uh, did after the game on Sunday. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Mead podcast, because it matters more. And just kind of relieved now just to be over line and just very happy. Our man came out as strong. We knew knew they would in the second half, especially with the wind. And it's just great to, to get the two points. A nine-point lead at half-time, did you feel it was, that was comfortable enough? No, uh, I didn't. It was just it was a very strong wind. Uh, we pushed hard. We probably could have been a couple more points up. But obviously, with being nine points up, it allows Armagh to throw everything at us in the second half. We knew that was going to come. Um, so I wasn't surprised at all. The awarding of the penalty itself? Thomas Riley tried to lay it off. I think he was fouled. And as he was being fouled, he tried to... Laid out, laid a pass on. So fair play to the ref. He was up and he saw that there was no advantage. Uh, I think it looked pretty much stonewall penalty. The penalty was needed. Yeah, a goal was going to be massive. You know, uh, we saw that last week when Donegal got their goal. It just changes the complexion of things. So um, no real pressure. Just had to kind of stick to my routine um, and strike the ball well. That's what I did. The the communication went up more. If anything. As the points were going down, and we spoke about that last week, um, you know we were four points up last week, and we didn't soak up the pressure well enough and respond. Whereas this week we were looking to improve that, and that's what we did. We soaked up good pressure. A lot of lads come out with big carries of the ball against the wind, and I think it kind of tired Darma a bit. And then once we got our chances at the other end, we took them. So those two frees, are really, what broke the the back of the Arma challenge. Yeah, uh, I think there was again there was a couple of big carries up the pitch, and we won the smart freeze. That I can't remember who won it. Maybe Donald Hogan was one anyway. And then it's over to me. It's my job to put that ball over the bar, um, and I was lucky enough to do that. So I was happy. 
but it could so easily be six out of six. Yeah, it could. Um, but Division Two is it's just mad. Like I've got a few years playing in it now, and anything can happen. So if you don't turn up on the day, you'll be beaten. It's as simple as that. So I think Donegal will overturn today. Yeah. And I'm sure other teams are going to be turned. So um, six six points would have been lovely, but we've everything in our own hands. I think I feel we're improving, so we're very happy. Much improved performance last week against Donegal, and again then today. Yeah, it was very important to back that up. Um, you know, we're not interested really. In, you know, the moral victories. You know, of, of playing good, playing well for 60 minutes against Donegal and Valley Buffet. That's it's not what we're about, so we were really conscious to put in another big shift there today, and um, it'll be just the exact same the next day. Well, it was very calm. <laughs> uh, look, at, it was. I mean, look at everybody in the place was was aware of what happened last weekend, and uh, and and indeed not just last weekend, a couple of games over the last over the last couple of years. So, uh, I think in that regard, you'd have to give the players uh, even more credit. You'd have to say they sorted it out on the pitch themselves. I mean, it, it, you know, it's totally out of my control or out of the management's control. The players got to take charge of it out there. And I thought they changed the pattern of play. We started to slow the ball down. We held on to it. We waited for the right opportunity to attack. Uh, and we talked about getting freeze at the right time and making sure, you know, we 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 we, uh, we executed. Uh, and uh, you know, in that regard, I'd have to give the players a lot of credit. So, uh, David, Andy said the players took responsibility on the field uh, when they needed to. It's not a call. You don't make a call. But that, although it, that doesn't have to be coached, that's that's a personal decision. Mm. And that's um, a group of players who are comfortable with each other. That's that's teamwork. And yeah. they basically all came together and says, lads, what we're trying to do isn't working. So they decided to hold possession. And... There was some mumblings and grumblings from the crowd. Oh, well, that's only normal. Exactly, <laughs> but they didn't like what they were seeing. Mead holding on to the ball, defending the lead. And at times we were tuning in the second half, losing the ball, coughing up possession cheaply and giving up scores. But the boys persisted with it and it came good. It came through the likes of James McEntee and Donald Kogan making that burst, that incision when we needed it most. That drew two key fouls, which yeah. were struck brilliantly by Michael Newman. Yeah which stemmed the tide when Armagh were really on top. Them two scores broke their resistance or their dominance. And that's the other thing as well. Having a free taker that you can trust, that every player on the field yeah. can trust, is absolutely key. It's funny, I was just talking another to the lads. Another young lad in the squad there, Mikey Newman. Another young, yeah, lad, another young lad that's <laughs> a new there. lad. Well, it's funny because I was talking to the lads that do the We Are Cavan podcast, and I know I, I do talk about Cavan quite a bit and whatever. A lot, but yeah. they, they were doing the stats today on the three Cavan games that they've played and they've had I think it's 55% score rate from freeze in the three games that they've played yeah. if you look at me the freeze that we've had I'd say it's 90% I'd say Mickey Newman has probably missed one or two freeze throughout the yeah well Donegal was, was a little bit of an off night but the class of the man to come back when the pressure was really on um, yesterday, one four from from dead balls yesterday. Yeah, one five, I think. Well, even yeah, the, he's sixty nine percent from dead from set play. That's a good forty fives. That's uh, the main team now. Yesterday, yeah. Oh, no, that's the full team. Yeah. I'm all, I'm on about dead balls. I'm I'm saying that how how imperative it is to have a free taker. Um, like what I'm saying is over the three games, Michael Newman of all the frees that he's taken. He's up close to ninety percent score rate, whereas a free taker for Calvin is only at fifty percent. So that just shows you how imperative it is to this new yeah, team. And you've spoken about Calvin before about the 
not the number of free takers, but let's say you miss a free, Somebody then I take the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if Mickey misses a free, which he has done, he takes yeah. the next one. Baron, it's on the extreme other side, and Ben Brennan will take it with his left boot. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. And you need a player like Michael Newman in every team, and that's probably where the likes of Cavan are falling down in games. Yeah, exactly. But we'll, um, it was just a comparison. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to show you how important Mickey Newman is to that team and if you look at all the teams that won all Ireland's immediate Brian Stafford uh, was the free taker for Mead in 87 and 88 you look at 96 it was Trevor Giles mm-hmm. 99 it was Trevor Giles you always had uh, an unbelievable free taker and if you look at all the teams that win all Ireland's Dean Rock for Dublin yeah. you know you've got a, a fella who's hitting 90% of his frees yeah. Kieran. You have all the stats on the game. What stats are the ones that stick out for you the most? Uh, just again on the shooting. So Meade's total shots. We had 22 shots. We scored 15 of them, which is 68%. That's a brilliant return. So from play, there was 13 shots from play. Scored 9, which is 69%. Then shots from set play was 9, and we scored 6, which is 66%. Mm-hmm. We had two yellow cards. James McAdee, Donald Cogan got them. Then for Armagh, they had 23 shots in total, which is one more than us scored 13 of them which is 56% so nearly 10, 12% lower shots in play did 15 shots in play scored 8 which is 53 which is nearly 16% lower than us and then they had 8 shots from set play scored 5 which is 62% which is 4% less than us so you, overall and that's what I'm saying like the, you know your shot percentages are way lower way lower and the free taking is, is way higher there for me so they are uh, um, it, it is crucial to every team and and something that we were probably crying out for was to create more goal chances we'd gone four games without scoring a goal and probably even looking like scoring a goal and we created three goal chances Sunday two were taken Brian McMatten probably should have tucked away the, yeah. the other one but the penalty obviously was, was the first goal but the second goal as well and Mickey said that was a stone wall, or he said yeah, yeah, yeah. Was good. It, it looked a penalty. From yeah. I, I was in the stand, it, yeah. it looked a penalty to it me. And good. the referee, in fairness, tried to play the advantage, and the goal didn't didn't happen. But um, after missing the penalty, I know it was only the O'Brien Cup up in Dublin. He missed the penalty in the shootout, which yeah. Mickey, in fairness to him, doesn't miss too many. Mm-hmm. He had the the confidence to step up, take responsibility, and slot it away. We talked about the time. I think there was a bit of a a bit of a joke and a bit of a crack element to that penalty shoot. There was no seriousness there. Yeah. But you could see from the look of Michael Newman, his eyes were hell bent on the goal. Yeah, focus, yeah. And that's just just to one. pick out a couple of the other stats that you have here, Kieran, on the graphs. Um, probably the only worrying thing uh, for me would be in the first half. Up until the fifth minute, we had four points, mm. and then we didn't score them until the nineteenth minute. The but then we, we 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 tagged on the scores before half time. In the second half, we only had two points between the first and the twenty sixth minute. Mm. Um. Now, obviously, there's strong wind as well, and Park touching and whatever. And what I see about that is in the last ten minutes, we got a goal and three. So, you know, and it was the 14th, the 15th, the 16th and the 19th minute. So, like similar to the Tipperary game, finishing strong. But if there was anything for, for, for them to work on, and I'm sure Andy has has these stats and whatever, it would be... Now, in that first half when uh, they went uh, from, the, from the 4th to the uh, 18th or 19th minute, 
they had loads of chances of scores. You know, they yeah. kicked a couple of bad wides mm. and stuff like that, and the shooting was a little bit off. So they created the chances there. He would have no. He won't yeah. be worried about that. In the second half, for that first twenty four minutes, how many chances were created? Or that's maybe the 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 only concern he'd have that he'd work on. Yeah, that that probably is the issue. But then it, on the flip side of that, Kieran McGinley came out after the game and bemoaned Armaz wayward shooting in the first half when they were playing against the breeze and their sort of naivety against the breeze mm-hmm. you know taking pot shots from 40 yards against yeah. the breeze with the outside of the boot work, yeah. it's not going to work and in fairness to Mead although they gave away some cheap possession when they were trying to work the ball they had the right idea to get it into the scoring zone and that that's reflected in the percentages of our shot conversion 100% If you, and, and likewise in the Armagh percentages yeah. They directly come from their first half efforts. Yeah. On the second half, in fairness to them, they kicked a few wides, but yeah. more often than not, they found range. Well, we did better. Like if you look at the timeline again, like yeah. you think that we actually did better against the wind than it felt. Like we felt we were up against it and we were up against it for a long time. But when you look at the scoring, we we did better with the wind. We scored more than ever. We scored more against it too, and like they struggled in the first half as well. Yeah. So it felt awful for about fifteen minutes in the second half. It really felt like. Rome was burning and we were playing the fiddle and it was really going poorly like you know what I mean it was all fall around us like step up the lads yeah. and two you know, frees in a row class. just when they, just when Armagh gets within a point meet get win two frees Mickey Newman sticks them over and that was the final nail in the coffin you know like after getting it back to a point as you said it was the yeah. key that we were able to go up the other end get those two scores and knock the wind out of the sails of Armagh I suppose the next thing to do lad is it's our new weekly um, slot it's the scoring of the players um, and again, you know, I have the scores from last week, I have the scores from the week before, so we'll be able to compare and see how players are doing. Um, we'll go to Andrew Colgan and goals. Uh, David and Kieran, what would you rate him at? It, I, I thought kickouts were a little bit of an issue in the second half when... Against the wind. Against the wind. I thought we, we've we been generally trying to go short in recent games and, and that's been working, getting primary possession in our full back line and working the ball out. There was a stage at the second half when you know when Armagh were really on top and that we kept trying to persist with the long ball against the breeze and it just wasn't working. Armagh had all the momentum. They were either breaking ball or winning a clean over Brian Menton and Shane McAtee's heads. The lads were tiring. That's probably something that I'm sure Andy will look at and try and work on. But then in fairness, the last 10 or 15 minutes he tried looking and James McAtee was a great outlet mm. for them short kickouts. Um, For me, probably a six. Didn't have a whole pile to do. Yeah, I agree with David. Like he, like from the shot stopping sense, he was he wasn't asked. There was a uh, one or two high balls, but they weren't dangerous. He mm-hmm. dealt with them, so it was all really kick out. So that's where you're you're rating them on. So I think six is fair because he he didn't have any mares. There was no really bad ones. Really, there was only I think one, but not well. It was more the defender's fault. He, he kind of looked for it, but he was under pressure, and the lad lost it. I think it was Conor McGill or or Lavin, but. Mm-hmm. I think six is fair, to be honest. Absolutely. Okay, then. Uh, Andrew Colgan put a six due to the fact that he had feck all to do. Um, <laughs> Which is always a good thing. <laughs> absolutely. Um, we're going to move on now to the full back lane. Seamus Lavin, lads. How did Seamus do? Yeah, very good out. And again, probably similar to the Donegal game, didn't get forward as much as he did against Tipperary. But again, that's down to the type of opposition you were playing and the type of game it was. It was a game of two halves and stuff. Was he marking um, Charlie Vernon or Stephen Campbell? No, Charlie Vernon didn't start. Uh, Conor Kennedy, McGill picked Kennedy up. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Conor McGill Ryan picked Kennedy. up Stephen Campbell and did an excellent job. McGill... Ryan Kennedy, I think it was. Yeah. Um, but McGill, very solid once again. Really 
he's he's made that number two jersey his own. So uh, I'd I'd be giving him a seven. Yeah, solid seven for Seamus Lavin. Solid seven. Yeah, solid seven. Excellent. Conor McGill at full back again. Goalkeeper had nothing to do, so I'm presuming. You know, the kind of overall he was strong. Like he's marking Reno O'Neill or Stephen Campbell. Stephen the two Campbell, of them, yeah. yeah, the two of them were kind of in rotation, and they're two excellent footballers. And mm-hmm. David talked about their appearance there a minute ago. We'll let him speak with that in a second. But Reno O'Neill will be a nephew of uh, Oshie McConville, and also sure, he uh, nothing, also <laughs> a nephew of Gareth O'Neill, uh, who used to play for Simonstown. Oh, it's uh, nice uh, the yeah. connection though. Absolutely. So um, I'd be edging, he's close to that eight now. I, I don't know if I could give him the full eight, but he's close to it now. Yeah, I'll let David decide if it's a seven point uh, five. Do you know what? Or yeah, he's definitely a seven point five. I was thinking the same. I'd probably go with an eight because Stephen Campbell is their their marquee forward, yeah. and he was taken off with ten minutes to go. I think he got a point from yeah, play. He had to top up the town. Is that yeah, that was probably it. Was starting to run. <laughs> it was fade, the yeah. rain was coming down. It was, it was just about to come down. Yeah. But he's he's Tam's been exceptional for us, Conor McGill at full back, and he is a real leader in there. I'd probably edge towards an eight, like Kieran says. Seven point seven. Brilliant. That's <laughs> Conor McGill with a seven and two eights from two weeks. Seamus Lavin with two sevens and an eight as well from two weeks. You know, from three weeks. That's that's good going. Ronan Ryan, uh, the newbie. Yeah, f- very solid. Same as same as Seamus Lavin does his job. To be honest with you, and I will be hundred percent honest, Connor or Ronan Ryan wouldn't have been a name that would have stood out to me from last year's championship and said, "Well, he has to be in on the mead panel next year." Mm-hmm. But he's in there, and he's got that jersey, and he's not giving it up. And it goes back to what you spoke about—the settled nature of the team. Them six backs aren't going to change. I'd be shocked, barring an injury, obviously, if them six backs change for the dur- duration of the league. Whatever about the forwards, there will be a little bit of they're solid variety There's, in that. These backs are solid. Yeah, and the full back line is especially that. So what are we going to give Ronan? Seven. Oh, it has I mean, to be a seven. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, Ronan Ryan with a like, seven and no, eight. No massive errors or anything. That thankfully, like you, you couldn't be saying are they cost us? They did something really drastically mad. Like they're just solid. Do everything they're asked. Mm. Mark their man. They're defenders. They win the majority of the ball. Which Those two boys are corner backs, and Conor McGill is a full back. They're not. You know, you I, I know you're saying about Seamus Lavin not getting up the field. Mm. You know, he's a cornerback. If he gets yeah. up at once every three games, happy days. But if he sure. doesn't and does stays at home, our next three job. men that we're talking about exactly. are doing enough. We're gonna move on anyway, as I said, Ronan Ryan with two sevens <laughs> and an eight. So the the full back line are basically keeping their scores the same every week. Andrew Colgan is roughly the same as well every week, and that that's all you can ask for. And uh, next up, uh James McAtee. Yeah, I I'd say for me, man of the match again for the third consecutive game, probably fifty fifty with Donald Kogan. Maybe I don't know if if Kieran thinks the same, but he. What score are you going to give? Him? I eight point five probably. I think eight point five is solid because I don't think he did any superb moment that gets him the nine. Maybe I think eight point five is better. Well, I don't do eight point five. So I round <laughs> up and it's nine. So it's, he didn't do anything superb to get him a ten. Is what you're saying? <laughs> well, maybe so. That's what you want to use. I've got to twist the <laughs> But time and time again, he breaks the line and Jamar Hall who, who's an outstanding talent for yeah. Armagh Class. He's, he keeps going and keeps going there was a stage with about 10 minutes to go James got the ball neck and neck with Jamar Hall and left him for dead yeah. bombed up the pitch his engine is just unbelievable the way like a characteristic like Sean Cavanagh for years had that shimmy that everyone in the country mm. even the man who was about to get the shimmy knew what was going to happen yeah. knew which way he was going to go yet he fell for it uh, James is starting to get that kind of 
that little kind of flick of the legs yeah. and the head down and he's beating his man every time. Yeah. He's mad for road, like he just well, gets you, the ball. You're, you're, you're just nine. It's all, a nine. It's a nine. Yeah, but you're <laughs> telling all our trade secrets. You're telling even about the jink that James Magnity has. Yeah. I'm telling you. The Cork lads will see enough of it now. Too. <laughs> 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 we we don't want him to see it before he goes down. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If okay, you know, we're moving on. He to could tell you. He could tell you he's going to do it. We're going to move <laughs> on to say it was similar to Sean Cavanagh. <laughs> Yeah, um, we're going to move on now to centre back Donald Keoghan and the captain of the team and playing the captain's role so far this week. He won the 2018 Club to Me Football of the Year as well. It's mm-hmm. another accolade for him. Yeah, he's he's joint captain again this year with Brian Menton and uh, he was he played a captain's role with with Menton in midfield when when we really needed something. He was the one who made that break from defence, won the free, won the free, and and Newman stuck it over. But as well as that, like in a defensive sense, he's just so solid. He's so tight to his man. Such a strong man as well in possession. When he goes into the yeah. tackle, he, he can bounce off lads. The, the only thing about him, uh, he had a lot more handle errors and he gave away a lot more frees than he normally would. Because like, when you're thinking Donald Yogan, you're thinking 10 out of 10 every time, immaculate. So I don't think he had as good a game as his high, high standard puts there. But at the same time, he's still an excellent footballer. Oh, yeah. But I think the key moments that Dave's on about, I think he influenced the game dramatically more positive than he did negatively oh, so yeah. his handling errors are kind of uh, irrelevant irrelevant when you see his actual game what's his score lads so you're going to say 8 are you I was going to say 8 yeah. be, like, if we're not allowed point fives, though, are we no 7.49 if to round it down do you oh I'd have to round it down so yeah. you're going to say 7.5 were you yeah. and an 8 so look lads an 8 and would you believe that's 3 eights in a row in three games for Donald yeah, Keoghan so that just shows yeah. the consistency that he has Nile Kane at wing back lads Kieran, we go to you first he, he probably he had a few kind of handling errors and that probably didn't influence the game as positively as he has done in the past uh, I'll wait to see what the other judge says now before I give him his score I think I have an idea what I'm going to give him yeah I thought the same I thought he's been outstanding so far for us this year but I thought he was quiet and like that too he seemed a bit um Possibly it was it was tiredness, mm. toward, especially towards the end he was taken off. But was just it before, Mark and Ryan McShane was it? Um, Ryan McShane, he was he. I'm not hundred percent sure because it kind of rotates a lot of the time. Like it must have been because Jamar Hall has been covered by James. Yeah, McAdee, so true. It must have so, been. Yeah, but look at uh, Squealers as you said, he's such a professional athlete and. He'll, he'll know himself did, that, he, did, that he was a little bit off his But did his the two players game. cancel each other out or something? Was it? Or yeah, was it, was, it was just... The McShane ha- played well though. At the same yeah, the handling there. errors too um, for Squealer. Like, he was giving balls away that he normally wouldn't. Like he was hand-passing the ball away, yeah. which is criminal. You know. But um, no, overall, look, still a solid out. and It wasn't as if he was dreadful or anything Quite like that. Uh, I'd say six. Six would be... Yeah. Six Fair, it yeah. is, no problem at all. It's a six, a seven and an 6.25 eight. Six point two five maybe. Six, <laughs> seven and an eight for for uh, Niall. So like you know, your your mid marker is seven. So if you're one below it or one above it, like you know, you're you're still fairly solid. We're going to move on to midfield. Brian Menton, uh, joint captain with Donald Gilman. I think maybe some of the disjoint with the kick out was leaving Brian out a bit. Like he was sometimes he was just underneath the catch. Or the man behind him was bowling through and fisting it through him. Right. But like Mentos is just an athlete. Like he, he gets up and down the field and he's a great worker for me. But, but then he had two two misses while he had two balls. I think one dropped the goalie's hand in the wide or else it was two drops in the, the first half. Yeah. yeah. And I think by his standards, like he'd be disappointed. I think he's closer to maybe a six than a seven for me. But Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that too. Um, I think probably a little bit to do with the kick out thing was the second half with the yeah, breeze it was so very hard to judge where exactly the ball was going to land from a yeah. kick out 
and he was probably misjudging a little bit and then the the arm out player was coming behind him with a momentum and breeze yeah. behind him and all he had to do was break it. Yeah, yeah well see that's the you always tell your midfielders that when when the, when you're playing with the wind is mm. that when they kick it out against the wind you get up and punch it back yeah. in as far make it as hard as possible for them to get out of their set. Yeah, a couple defense. of yards, you know. Uh okay, so a six for Brian Menton. We're going on to the other his midfield pairing for the last three games, Shane McEntee um David Rispin, um God, Shane McEntee is just on fire at the moment. Yeah, he's he's adapted to a different position. Look at last year, predominantly wing back was was his place, and he's gone to midfield this year. I'd say partly because of how good the six backs have been playing, and also because Adam Flanagan was programmed to start the first game, and unfortunately had to be withdrawn due to injury. Shane's got in there and he's made it his own. It suits him in the sense that he's very good at mopping up ball, and working hard and this year he's added that scoring dimension yeah same as same as his, and as his cousin in, in wing back but he's he's he got forward again I think it could have been the first or second point he kicked but I think that's four he's got from the three outings which is very good for I suppose what you a call a natural back slash yeah. makeshift midfielder um, so yeah really good shift again from Shane McEntee what are we scoring oh, Kieran what are we going to score Shane I, I don't know if we could give him an eight it's Seven, I think, is is fair for him. I think like he was solid. Like he again, there was no uh, superb moment that you could give him them extra points. I think seven is a solid. Yeah, Niall yeah. Grimley and, and Stephen Sheridan of Armagh probably broke even at midfield mm, against yeah. him. So so a seven for Shane McAdee. Again, he's uh, solid with his scoring. He scored an eight, and he scored uh, an eight and a seven. So Shane McAdee, you know, doing well in there. Uh, number 10 was Eaton Devine but Killian O'Sullivan started uh, ahead of Eaton Devine and how did Killian O'Sullivan do lads? Yeah it was it was again probably not his brilliant best either he oh. he works very hard though Killian um, I think got a point as well got a really good score actually just oh, coming up yeah. to half time um, just under the stand fantastic score with his left boot but it was more of an industrious display from Killian O'Sullivan rather than a you know a typical classy mm-hmm. performance has a tendency sometimes to carry the ball into the tackle, which can be frustrating yeah. and, and losing it um, at crucial times. But then again, he has that sort of similar to James McAtee, that turn of pace, which can also get him through the tackle at mm. times. So it, it, it's, it's a fine, it's a fine line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But um, yeah, for me, probably a six, borderline seven, just probably just didn't do enough to get the seven. I think the six is fair. I think he I said not enough for the seven. Because again, he was taken off. I think, and I said the subs. We talked with the subs. And yeah, you, you have to remember. Look at he's coming back from an injury. He didn't have a full preseason behind him. Yeah. As regards, um, compared to the rest of the lads, so he's still working his way back. No bother. Six for Killian O'Sullivan. Then our centre half forward Ben Brennan scored a point for a free. Yeah, it was a, it was a good score at the time. It was brought up, but it was still a tricky enough angle, um, off the ground, and it was yeah. literally the last kick of the first half. Which, I, again, I'll refer to Kieran McGinney. He says that if if Armagh could have avoided that score and the goal they would have been only what three or four points down at half time yeah exactly so that was a big score at a a crucial time just going in at the break Ben I think there's a lot more to come from I don't think it's just falling for him at the minute as regards you know his role seems to be to be uh, a high up defender nearly it's like as in Defence starting in the forward line and he is the one to stop them. But uh, but I think hurt. there's so much more to his game than that. Yeah. And and he can and will, I think and will the, offer us more. I think when the ground dries up a little yeah. bit. Say when the weather gets better, yeah. long range kicking will yeah. be an option. Yeah. So what are we going to score, Ben Brennan, then? I'd say six. 
Yeah, he's probably close to a five, but he is a six. He's a six. Okay. Now, we're going to move on to one of uh, the finds of the year, Daryl Campion. Yeah, it, it, this guy is so impressive. I Every every time you watch him, you, you seem to walk away and say, geez, this lad's getting getting better and better and better. He He's so good at long-range kicking as well. He's very accurate. Like, there was one that sliced off his boot and it was actually a very scorable chance in the first half, but he kicked two unbelievable points in the first half. You know, when, when we were on top and we were really in the ascendancy. Um, but he's such a good ball carrier as well and ball winner. Very calm, similar to Mickey Newman when he gets the ball. You never feel that he's going to lose it or you never feel panicked. He'll always do the right thing, recycle it, go again. Gets a lot of yards if you want to yeah. use a rugby mm, yeah. uh, term. Like he gains, break the game line. He yeah. breaks and he, the and game he can break so it because he has, he's only a young lad. You have to remember that he's only 20. Yeah. But he's well able to you know, deal, deal with collisions and tackles and that and carry the ball through. Which is which is something that we I will, think the, will need. The best thing he brings to the game is a bit of audacity. He brings a bit of like it's kinda of like we've all kind of paid our entrance fee to see him play and he brings a bit of kind yeah, of flair. He just say, flares on the one for it and he just says, like I'm a good footballer and I'm gonna kick the points. I'm gonna show you. And that's it. Mm. Yeah. You know? I love that about him. What what are we gonna score him at then? Oh seven. I think a seven, yeah, just probably not enough for an eight. But probably, like in the term yeah. of the game it was a seven is quite good because it was a fair tough game, like so. Yeah, absolutely, and that gives him a seven and eight, and in the first game he did get. I'm just going back a seven. Like I so think again, he's, he's mm, fairly consistent. Like a seven in that game was nearly more valuable than a seven in the tip game. Yeah, like, in, in, in yeah. a weird way. Yeah. Like. Brian McMahon in the corner forward, very industrious, did a lot of running, got around the field. Yeah, very impressive. Um, not just stereotypical number thirteen compared to the thirteen on the other side, Stephen Campbell. <laughs> Two completely different characters. But different Bri- shades of, yeah. Different <laughs> yeah. shades of green. <laughs> <laughs> Brian McMahon's a lot paler as well. But uh, so industrious. Spent most of the first half when Mead were actually, you know, on the front foot attacking, looking for scores. He was back in the half-back lane, turning over ball and starting attacks, which is something that probably goes unnoticed. Yeah. But hell of a job and well, hell of a work it And you're going to score. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to give him a seven. Oh, I agree with that. I, th- I think it's actually a positive role change for him. I think when he was the inside forward, he was struggling to get the ball. The ball just wasn't coming into him. He was feeling a bit isolated and kind of just not influencing the mm. play. So kind of utilising his ball carrying ability and his speed and his athleticism now. Get out there, get the ball and carry it up the field. Yeah. Because no, nobody really work, wants to follow work, these work to Play to his strengths and his strength is fitness and speed and carrying that ball mm. up the field. Um, when you've got a couple of forwards that we're going to mention now in a minute and obviously Daryl Campion doing your scoring, mm. you don't need Brian McMahon up no. there doing the scoring. You can have him being your link it's, man. And that's, compared he to like seemed to play that juxtaposed really back well. to last year against Tipperary. Like, and this kind of thing, like, once or twice he got the ball and it was his only touch for like 10 minutes mm. and he'd fumble it and he'd be very disheartened. You could see visually that he just didn't... Just didn't like... Struggle. But now he was, he's on the He was ball. unlucky not to have a goal as well. He yeah. he probably will be a little bit disappointed he didn't... He seemed... Goalkeeper came out and did well. Yeah. But that was a goal chance for him. That's probably something that he'd want to brush up on as well. Absolutely. So Number 14 on the day, Michael Newman, 1-5. Uh, all coming from dead balls. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is look, we've we've spoke about him already. Newman. Yeah, that's it. That's what he does. Now, uh, from 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 the game as well, his passing was exquisite as well. Some of the yeah. time, um, it was only once he got caught with a bit of hot potato where he tried to get it back to Killian O'Sullivan for the offload for in the first half. I think wasn't it? Mm. Other than that, it was he was true on goal at one stage when the ball should have been given to him. It wasn't. Yeah, given it should have to came him. across to him. Yeah. yeah, but there was another one too, and we'll come to him again. 
Thomas O'Reilly played what was nearly the most perfect pass in the second half yeah. and Mickey was sliding just got a hand to it didn't get enough on it but he gives you so much more than just freeze and, and scoring he's, when he gets the ball he brings others into it he's so cool on, in possession yeah. doesn't panic he sell, he's brilliant at selling the dummy solo as well or yeah. the dummy hop Yielding freezes as well. Majestic with a ball, like what yeah. he can do with a yeah. ball. As well. I made that point in my here before, but it's photogenic. Nice, he says was, with the ball, yeah. not yeah, just yeah. majestic. Oh, this is you're giving him extra credit. Remember, like you know, like. No, well, I'm not talking about his looks or anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, talking talking about about his, his, I'm talking about what he does with the ball, not not his photogenicness. He, he, he looks, photogenic, but I, I agree with you. See, Davy knows <laughs> when you play well, and then when you look the part, it's like Derek Campion, like the just lads that they entertain, like. There's just a good value for money when you see him play Did football. Michael Newman entertain you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> would, would recommend to a friend. What would you score him? What would you score him? Uh, I'd say seven. Seven again. Like, yeah, it's a high seven. Like, you know, kind of like, but yeah. not loud to, you know. Michael Newman with two sevens <laughs> and an eight from three games. All good. Um, Tomas O'Reilly, lads, you were saying about him there a moment ago, David. Yeah, another two points from play for him. Um, and he's probably going under the radar a little bit because we're talking about Mickey Newman, Dara Campion and guys like that. But he kicked a crucial score in the second half against the Breeze at a really, really important time. Is that not the one to put us four points up? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to go two score two scores. Two clear. scores is yeah. Clear, yeah. Um but his work rate is something that has improved significantly as well, I think, yes. from last year. He's another year into the strength and conditioning, I think it helps. Yeah, like. he seems a lot more comfortable and he's probably maturing as a footballer on the inter county scene as well. He's come on a lot from the year and again he's nailed down a starting position which is something he he hadn't done up to this he's oh, still a young man you have to remember that and you have to be coming patient coming on and just no, like yeah. I said, Brian, part, yeah. not getting enough ball in hand like he's getting a lot of possession now and I think it, it might be some people as you said might have moaned and groaned when you do a bit of possession but mm. these lads do better when they're on the ball and actually get to influence the play Not that there's nothing worse for an inside forward being isolated inside they get very frustrated yeah, like. yeah absolutely so tomorrow O'Reilly score boys Ooh, seven I definitely. think seven again I know it's kind of we seem to be sitting on the fence a bit but I think these sevens are well Tomas O'Reilly Mr Consistency as well just solid three sevens, sevens no? three sevens in a yeah, row three absolutely sevens. brilliant we're going to move on now we are running over time lads so what we're going to do is we're just going to run through the subs quickly Mickey Burke was it wasn't on long enough was he no he was only last five minutes Gavin uh, McCoy now Gavin McCoy did well when he came on and it just made a couple of interceptions and dispossessions yeah, yeah. didn't have a lot of time yeah. on the field so Similar. maybe they're six or seven. What like the, the, the only one? The only what we we'll do is we we'll just give them the comments that they have yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I think like, even uh, Burke when he come on, it's just kind of a. I always a, it's always a, a favorite moment to announce them coming on as a sub because the cheer you get yeah. from Mickey Burke, you always give it a bit extra. Like, yeah, yeah. They yeah. give her a bit of welly and everything. And there was a great ovation yeah. for him when yeah. he did come on as well. Like he he is a cult hero in me. Yeah. yeah. I put on my best BBC accent and give it a good posh coming on. You know. <laughs> Always oh, about him. <laughs> We're talking about Mickey Buck, but Kieran Flynn has to get in on it. And when it is all about back into the PRO. <laughs> it is an audacity or what I say, flair. You know, you have to show it from the sidelines. Exuberance. So, yeah. Gavin McCoy then. Uh, are you marking him? Yeah. No, no, just. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Same as you know. For a guy, that was his first on. league appearance. Yeah. Um, coming on and, and did well as you said, dispossessed over on the terrace side. Yeah. I think it was. Very um, man again. Yeah, and he, and he's a guy who's look. He's trying to get into a team that the backs are playing as well as they are it's tough but he is carrying on his form from last year with Dunboyne fell a champion at the bit on the sideline mad to get on yeah That's absolutely want, yeah and just as we mentioned that Ethan Devine come on got a goal mm. yeah and, and won a kick out in the lead up to the goal what I think massive catch yeah and he's yeah. got that like the guy I'd say 6 for 4 is he 6 for 5 possibly 
came on at the goal I think Mickey Newman flicked it on and he was there to, to palm yeah. it into the net it probably wouldn't have went into the net it's without him definitely a standpoint of our game now is the, we have a lot more athletes in our squad than mm. ever before it's probably one of the most athletic mean teams ever like all these lads are coming through a lot of strength and conditioning and they just are showing us and bit of crack Ethan Devine we, Brian Kelly had a photo up on the Instagram story saying that he was a legend for scoring the goal but, or sorry last minute goal scorer signing autographs like, mm. and he was just he messaged back laughing saying like it was great to be called that ever. He's now a legend. Sure. He's now a legend. He, so. he he's a great lad, and, yeah. and, and hopefully he will turn into yeah. a, a real again a hurling man as well. You know the, them hurlers need to be. Oh, it's happy. all about the hurling <laughs> and Kieran Flynn. Uh, Graham Riley, look, Mister Consistency. He's uh, obviously coming on, doing his job when he comes in there for for me at the moment. He'd obviously love to be starting, but you you, you can't take anybody out of that starting lineup at the moment. And he, what a player to have coming onto the field. Yeah, and as well as that. Everyone knows Graham Riley. Darma lads want to know Graham Riley. Yeah. And when you see a player like that about to come on, you're saying, "Oh God!" Well, Killian O'Sullivan's gas, going yeah. off, but Graham Riley is coming on. The guy is class, mm-hmm. and that that puts the fear of God into defenders. Again, didn't kind of he had one pot shot, I think, at goal, but got on mm-hmm. ball and just generally kind of calmed things down, similar to what Mickey Brook did when he came on. Just carry like we talked about. He he'll get you that twenty meters up the field. Mm. And well, you're more as advantageous. A, as him. a defender, right? We'll just put yourself in a defender's uh, mode for a minute. Mm. You're five minutes to go, ten minutes to go, playing an intercounty match against me. Them, you're losing by a few points, and you're you're after being marking Ben Brennan, Ethan Devine, or Dara Campion. You know, new yeah. guys uh, into the mid team, and they're after fairly giving you a roast. Yeah. And then the next thing is you see one of Mead's most famous footballers over the last ten years. Graham Riley coming yeah. on, like looking to make an impression as well. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Spot, yeah. But like yeah. that defender's like going to be going. Oh God, I was I was up against a new guy, and now they're bringing in the experience that I'm tired. Like the Rory Sorry sketch when we did a few years back with the Dublin Carlo. Yes, what they really think and what they're very good. He's basically I'm getting the black card and getting the hell out of here. And in the last substitution of the day, lads, own Lynch. And I was delighted for Owen Lynch to get a run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was one of the standout performers in the O'Byrne Cup early on. And uh, did really well. Yeah, he, well. He, I think he was our first sub that came on, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, he's yesterday. A, and he was probably the most impressive of the, of the lot. I know the, he was on for longest as well. He's the re- real dog. Like mm. He just goes at you hard. Like, and he, one of the time he got caught in possession. And it was a period of time where we were getting caught in possession. But he actually was just so kind of dexterous that he got down and hand-passed the kind of... Three lads are kind of pulling and dragging him. Probably should have got a free. But he said that the wherewithal to get it out of there. Mm-hmm. And like it just shows that he's, like, he loves kind of the scrap in there. Like He's well able for it. Like. He's from Longwood. They, yeah. they love a scrap over what there. Would you expect? <laughs> well, lads, look, that's it for this week. Um, going down through, those, through the scores. Again, very, very solid. Um, your back line, the lowest score is a six in your back line. The lowest score in your forward line is a six. Um, you know, so... The standards are being kept up. The stats that you're giving us, the shot score, the score ratio is phenomenal. Well, not phenomenal, but it's really, really good. Mm. Uh, well, it's better than the opposition. And that's it's all better really than the opposition, and that's the main <laughs> thing. That's the one thing that counts. So, um, I suppose, any other business, lads? Um, Kieran, have you anything from the county board? Um, just the, the club championship draws will be done the first week of March, so keep an eye out for that. And Royal House draw, you can get your tickets online all the time now, so... 
You're banned from mentioning the house trouble. Banned from mentioning the house trouble from now on. <laughs> Not until closer to the time. But the championship draws... We still have people ringing us uh, looking for tickets. But that's so. fantastic. The championship draws... <laughs> you can get your ticket at Royal House. <laughs> the championship draws are when? The first Monday in March. First Monday in March. That's something to They'll be live on LMFM, to. hopefully. Live on LMFM. So that's as always. So we'll be looking forward to that. David, have you any... Um, uh, more business? No, you're not going to try and sell more of these. No, online. well, we're doing well on our sales. You have a two week gap now between the next round, between round three and round four. So, look at if you want to get in on the crack, I think. Uh, no thoughts in the Harlem one, maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think so. They wouldn't sell. <laughs> um, so, just get in touch if you if you're looking to do one. Um, just on it while I'm looking at the 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 um. The, the bloody competition that you have here the what, forecast what, the forecast Throw competition there. sorry I was <laughs> looking for it. now uh, it gives us uh, Division 2's uh, fixtures for two weeks time uh, metre away to Cork uh, Armagh uh, take on Tipperary up in uh, Armagh um, Donegal are taking on from Manad that's up in Bally Buffet Kildare take on Clare so I suppose the teams looking at that before we finish lads the teams that need results uh, all seem to be home on, mm. uh, on that weekend. And and you'd fancy, barring our, our game, hopefully, you would fancy Armagh, Donegal and Kildare to, to make home advantage count and pick up the wins. But as you've seen last week in Division 2, it was the polar opposite. Clare picked up a shock win for Mana also. What a win, do you know, at home to at home to Kildare. They don't travel so well, no. but in Enniskillen, they are lethal. Yeah, Brewster Park is one of the tight, mm. tightest pitches in the country, so it is. Yeah, it's a very long pitch. Um, it's a very long pitch, but it's very tight, and it suits the way for man to play. Um, so that was a wonderful result for them against Kildare, um, and a wonderful result for Mead. Yeah. So it was, uh, in fairness, because Mead have um, two home games left and two away games. They're away to Cork, and they are away to Clare, and they have Fermanagh and Kildare at home. Yeah. The two games that you want at home are for Manor and Kildare. Yeah, really. definitely. You know, uh, and I think you've more. Just the last thing with the hurlers are playing in three months on the one o'clock again London. So obviously the get support now. London, a, a fortress for the hurlers. Uh, that's going to be a tight game for the Mead boys down in Trim next Saturday. Sunday at one pm. Next Sunday at one pm, and is it still bring bring a hurl? Just bring a hurl and bring a ball as well if you want to, unless you want to bait it with the hurl. <laughs> <laughs> so the half time. There's uh, a few about 40 kids on the field for the hurling last time, but in fairness, that was a great spectacle in the football yesterday. It was the the pitch was mad busy. So three or four hundred, probably. Yeah, and the coming to one school game as well got to be played in the middle, so it was great for everyone involved. Brilliant. It's just enjoyable. It just kind of raises kind of the mood. Like it's just good to see. I love the pandemonium when the hooter goes and then they're yeah. all scrambling. We'll have to copyright that. I think it's a random. I think I, I, into YouTube air horn and it's uh, the first one that comes up. What I what I what I I'd like to sponsor an air horn. <laughs> before we do finish, what I, what I'd be so surprised about is that they can find their parents straight away. Because there's a mass of yeah. kids just abandoning a football field yeah, yeah. and they just know where their parents are like radars or sonars or something <laughs> like that pigeons, home and pigeons exactly <laughs> well look that's it for this week lads uh, thanks for listening to all our listeners thanks uh, for following us on Facebook on Twitter on Instagram and if you've anything to say or if you've anything to share about the um, show remember we are made why it matters more